are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I grew up just about 15 minutes from here in a city now called Fremont. It wasn't a city. I grew up in the Centerville District. And I grew up there. We went to church and a little, our church began in a barn. And from the barn, we moved down the street into this little building. The night I got saved, it wasn't finished. We didn't have electricity. We had lanterns that were glowing. We'd been meeting in that church for quite some time. God saved my life that night. I'll never forget it. I recognized I was a sinner. And I recognized only Christ could save me. What a wonderful day. I battled. I sat where you sat in this little building, and it wasn't the size of this platform. I sat there, and God was speaking to my heart. He so convicted me of my sin. I knew I was a sinner. I'd had a temper, and I'd get upset, and I knew he was in a little boy. I lied to my mother. I knew that. I was so convicted, but I couldn't walk forward. I wanted to walk forward, just scared. I was standing next to my father. My mother and dad never let us sit between them. My dad said one time, he says, you kids will grow up and leave us. We're still going to be sitting together. So he put the kids on the opposite side, one on mother's side, one on dad's side. Sometimes the two girls would be on this side, sometimes that side, whatever. But I'll never forget standing next to my dad. I want to go forward. I did not go forward on the first stanza. Sometimes I hear a hymn of invitation sung. I said, I think that was the song. I got it down to about two. I can't remember. I wish nobody wrote it down. I don't know the date, but I remember the exact year and exact time. I knew what the weather was like that night. When I walked out after church that night on one single door, the first face I saw was to me the man who has the sweetest face in all the world, my dad. He's with our Lord now. And I said, Dad, look it up at him. I got saved. I don't remember really his reaction. I don't know if we talked about it after that very much. I remember I was saved that night. Oh, happy day. I didn't understand the grace of God. In that church, we would have, I want to say it was once a month, favorites night. And they would say, tonight we're going to have, and they'd say, ladies, you choose the same. Tell us your favorite song. And they'd tell us a favorite song. My man, the, my, a young man who's a little bit older than I am, several years, and he became my brother-in-law. He would always say, Dave Smith and, and uh and, and um, uh, Rob, his last name was Rob, was Chet, not Chet Rob, but it was Jim, Jim Rob. Jim Rob and Dave Smith would always raise their hand. We had the old Al Smith songbook. They'd say, 449, wonderful grace of Jesus. I think that's your favorite song, isn't it? I heard you say, wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all of our sins. How can my tongue describe it? Where shall his praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free. 
Oh, I tell you, I thank God for the wonderful grace of Jesus when he reached down and saw a sorry person like Jack Trevor had nothing good in myself, but he said, I love him and he saved me. I want to tell you what I've learned since that time as we go through the Bible these weeks to follow on the results of grace, the product of grace. It produces something. When a person experiences the grace of God, something happens. Grace is just simply unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. Once in a while, my dad would give me grace. I was supposed to get a spanking. I deserved a spanking, but he did not give me a spanking. And quite frankly, I'd rather have the spanking than looking at the disappointment in his face when he said, son, I am very disappointed in you. And that's what you did here. I always wanted a spanking more than the look on his face. He was never angry. But grace is really God's attitude toward the rebel. I was a rebel. All of us were rebels, we're sinners. We're born sinners. And so I was a rebel, that's God's attitude. What is mercy? God's attitude toward the rebel is grace. God's attitude toward the person in distress is mercy. And so when you see Paul writing these writers, they talk about grace and mercy. Grace is God's attitude toward me, the deserving rebel. God's attitude, I'll take that sin, I'll take that punishment, I'll forgive that. And God's mercy is he sees me in my despair and he sees me in my fear and he sees me in my anguish and God extends his mercy. I've experienced such grace in my life and we'll see in the weeks to follow what grace I've experienced this week. But I also have experienced a lot of mercy this week. And I know that God has given me mercy one of the tragedies in Christianity today, we're not reading the Bible, we're not standing under the preaching, so we don't understand grace and mercy, and there are sisters that hold hands. We could call them cousins, perhaps. And the result we're gonna to see today, what's the result of grace? One word, salvation. Salvation. When you experience the grace of God, and when I experience the grace of God, we experience grace. Notice what the Bible says by way of introduction, verse number eight. Will you read it with me? Chapter two, verse eight. Ready, begin. For by grace. You see, it's God's grace is his great compassion. Verse four, he says this. But God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. When God showed his grace, he saved us. For by grace are ye saved. For by grace are ye saved. Say it together, ready? For by grace are ye saved. What happens when we experience the grace of God? We what? Get saved. Salvation. What is salvation? It's deliverance. God delivers us 
I'm on a slippery slope headed to a place called hell and God delivers us and he reaches down and he saves us and he plants our feet, the Bible says, on a solid rock, on Christ the solid rock. I say, I'm not on slippery slant. No, 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 I'm not going down. I never forget it. I have not been to Yosemite since. My wife's never seen it. I've, never, I've not been back, I don't think, since 1957. It's the last time I saw it. And there was a rock. I don't know. The rocks are still, the, it's still there, I know. But there was a, lo- a high rock. And you'd walk up there. People are pulling the cars over. And you'd walk up there. And they had these steps. And my dad gave me the little square box camera, black camera with a little gray handle. And I was carrying that up there. I was just a young boy, and I'll never forget what he said. Now, son, you stay on the path, and don't get on that rock up there. It's too slippery. Well, the rock had moss on it. Water had been coming down. I don't know what season of the year it is, but I mean, (laughs) this guy's an old man. He's 35 years old. I'm six years old. I know more than he knows, you know, and so I look at my... Dad down there, he let my sisters and I, he wanted me to go to make sure the girls were okay because they always would disobey. And I went with those girls to keep him in line. And they started walking down. I took that picture. I had that, and I said, you know what? I'd like to ride down that thing right there. That looks fun. And I'll never forget the people down below screaming because the road was right there. And somehow as I'm going down, people are screaming and hollering, He's coming down. Yes. Superman is coming. You won't know what Superman is. Nowadays it's what? Not Batman. What is it today? Spider-Man. I've never seen it. Is Spider-Man a good thing? I have no idea. If it's muscles, that's, I reflect all those things. My muscles are here, though, instead of up here. I don't know what the deal is there. And God's... God's mercy reached down and stopped me on a, on a branch or something that was coming out of the ground, and I was right there at the edge. You know, some of you, you're on such slippery ground today. You're hoping you're saved. You're guessing you're saved. You, you're, you're, you want to get to heaven one day. You're, I'm trying to do much good as I can, but that's not salvation. You're on a slippery slope. When God saves you, he plants you in a and on firm foundation. And I want you to see what happens here. I want you to see what this mercy, what this grace does. Because he points out, first of all, our condition. A man cannot get saved till he understands his condition. Look at verse five, please. For when we were dead in sins, sin brings death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ, he is the resurrection and the life. He conquered the death when they put him on a cross and put him in a grave and up from the grave he arose. He conquered death so that we might have life in him as life. Thank God for the life that Jesus Christ wants to give us. But our condition was awful. Look at verse 11, here was our condition. Wherefore, remember that being in times past. Now, I already mentioned time past in verse 2. We're in time past. 
ye walked according, verse two, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of dis disobedience, verse 11, now again, wherein, wherefore remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised, circumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands, but that at that time, back then at that time past, at that time, without Christ, here's what we were, aliens. Aliens, no hope. Without God in this world, verse 19, verse 17, and he came and he preached peace to you, which were afar off. We were way off from God. That's why we can sin and enjoy it and not be convicted. Verse 19, here's our condition, that ye be no more, what's the first word, church? Strangers. Secondly, what else? Foreigners. But when you get saved, fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. Grace produces salvation. And God sees our past, how we are away from him and alienated from him as strangers and foreigners and dead in his sin. Oh, but I thank God for the Bible says grace or he's saved, saved from all that junk. God, God made him, Jesus, to be sent for us. God, Jack, Jesus. God made him, Jesus, to be sent for me. He who knew no sin, that we, the sinner, the unregenerate, might be made righteous by the blood of Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, you don't get to join a church. You don't join a church to become a Christian. You wouldn't probably know, maybe nowadays, the Moose Lodge or the Elks Club. My college president said, you never, you'll never become a moose by joining the Moose Lodge. You'll never become an elk by joining the Elk Club. And you'll never become a, church, a Christian by joining the church. You must be born again. Oh, I look at my past. We used to sing that little chorus in Sunday school. My past is forgiven. From sin I'm set free. A mansion in heaven is waiting for me. I look what salvation does. It changes our condition. It changes our position. Look what he says in verse six. Oh, I like this. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm accepted in the blood, Amen. Ephesians 1, 7. I'm accepted in the blood, Ephesians 1, 12. I'm a child of the king. I am his son. He's my master. He's my savior. He's my heavenly father. I, who was one time away from God, an alien, because of birth, I was born a sinner. But now I'm positioned with him. I see our condition. I see our position. I see our salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. Are you noticing the tenses that are here today? Are you noticing it? How about the future? 
Look at verse number seven. Then the age is to come. The age is to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That's the future. While the ages come, one day I'll stand before God. And you know, when the unsaved stand before the great white throne judgment and the whole world stands before God and the books are open and whosoever's name is not found written in the book of life but were cast in the lake of fire, my name's not in, not, my, not, it's not absent in that book. Somewhere along the line, God put Jack Treber's name in the book when I got saved. And the ages to come, I'll have permission to come to the throne of grace and, and stand before him and bow before him and offer anything of any crowns I may have won to his feet, Revelation 5. And you know that today, that today is not just I'm looking forward to the day I'll stand in his presence, but I can come today boldly to the throne of grace because of grace. Notice what he says that the ages to come, that's the future. But verse four is the present. For God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. Your present today condition, your present is he'll, he'll extend grace and extend mercy today, today, if you'll allow them, for today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Oh, thank God for the future, but what about right now? Wait a minute, we read about the past. I don't have to go on and on, but verse two, and in time past, he walked according to the course of this world. Verse 11, in time past. And verse number 12, that the time you were without Christ, with no hope, without God, but now in Christ Jesus. I wonder if any of you ever been at a city called, and I've been there, a city called in Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. Has anybody ever gone through Peoria? We have students in the college. Look at all the Peoria people. There was a church there. The man was the pastor and he had a precious daughter, 1910. She was single and she just worked with the children. She worked full time with her dad, First Presbyterian Church. And she worked with her dad and she was just all absorbed with the teaching of her children, Sunday school children, all the children. She gathered, they listened. They just listened to her. And she was absorbed with this subject, grace. She talked to her dad and said, Dad, I, uh, I, I've got a song I want to write. And they talked about it. And she said, the song is, by the way, it's in our hymn book. You don't need to turn there. She wrote it for those children in 1910, over 100 years ago. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds my sin and my guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured. There where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace. 
grace that is greater than all of my sin. You know, I, I can't explain it all. Brother Russ, I, I knew that night when I was five. I just, I just knew how terrible I was. I did. I just knew I had never drunk, had any beer or alcohol. That did not make me any better. It doesn't save, take more grace to save a 55-year-old man who's a drunkard than it took to save that five-year-old boy because we're in the same condition. We're sinners. That guy maybe experienced some things that I did not experience, but still the judgment for the wages of sin is death. Jack, you're a sinner, not because you're an alcoholic, because you have transgressed me. I'm looking at this nation of ours. I just, I'm just absorbed with it every day. As, and don't, get, don't talk me out of it because Isaiah and Jeremiah and the prophets were so absorbed with the condition of their country and they try to call their country back to God. Our country is so far gone because we have removed 10 little rules out of every school in America. It used to be when I was going to school in this area, the 10 commandments were there. How are we doing without the Ten Commandments? How are we doing with honoring our father and our mother? How are we doing with thou shalt not kill? Okay, I got the answer. Let's pick up all the guns. What, you haven't changed the heart. You changed the hand, but you didn't change the heart. Sacramento, Washington, D.C., they're going to be trying to change the head all this week. The only hope we have is that God would change the heart. God says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, thank God for grace. So here's the drunkard, the great Billy Sunday, the great baseball player for Chicago White Sox, the turn of the century. Yet as a drunkard, when he got saved in Chicago that night, the old Pacific Garden Rescue Mission Try to continue to play baseball. He said, this is not my life for me. Became a preacher with no microphone. Set up tents all over and hit the sawdust trail. And over one million people in America trusted Christ the Savior. An old drunkard. But he knew God. Because he experienced the grace of God. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Sin and despair like the sea waves roll, threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge of the mighty cross. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there's flowing a crimson tide, whiter than snow you may be. God saves you. He cleanses us from unrighteousness. My standing is not in myself any longer. My standing is Christ. What is the result of grace? Salvation. Have you truly ever been saved? Have you truly been born again? Not, not when I became a Baptist, I became a Catholic, I became a this, I became a Presbyterian. No, no. 
That's not salvation. Have you truly, really recognized there is nothing in your own righteousness you can do? Do you truly recognize the only one that can forgive you of your sin is Jesus Christ alone? Have you truly come to a point in your life where you say, I ask Christ to be my Savior on this day? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.